Well, welcome to the latest edition of the Forever Bristol City uh, podcast. Uh, We didn't think it was ever going to happen, but after 600-odd days, we walked out of Ashton Gate to the sound of Drink Up the Cider because the final score, a home win at the 18th attempt, it finished Bristol City 2 Barnsley won. Uh, joining me for our uh, first of our Sunday morning post-match uh, podcast recordings are uh, Ian and Mark, who were uh, both there. Good morning to both of you. This is a good way to spend a Sunday morning, really, because we have had time to reflect and I have time to repent for criticising uh, Andreas Weiman. But uh, I'll come to you first, uh, Ian. Um, quick summary of the game. We're not going to go through it minute by minute, but just a quick your thoughts overall. I thought we were good for approximately five minutes and pretty poor for the other uh, 85. That's it in a nutshell. And Mark, what were your views? Yeah, 360 uh, seconds of joy and 85 minutes of hell. Uh, it's, it's usual problem, failure to, to keep possession, lack of width, lack of physit- physicality but saved by the goalkeeper and some excellent last-ditch defending. You yeah. need you need Natch intravenously to watch Bristol City at the moment at home. <laughs> it, is that, it is that stressful. Get the defibrillators out. Yeah. No, I mean, you'd think, you'd think we'd won the bloody uh, cup or something uh, because it was, uh, you know, it was almost cause of celebration. But as we say, 600-odd days since we last walked out and it brought to the end of um, uh, the home run that this this year that goes right back uh, to the end of uh, January. Um, the starting lineup uh, out went Baker because of his uh, head injury and De Silva. Um, in came uh, Backinson and Cameron Pring. What did you think of the way the side lined up here? And I mean, to me, you could say it's a 4-3-3. Some might say it's not that, but what were your thoughts on that starting lineup? Um, it was a 4-3-3 stroke diamond. Um, I, I suggested we played a diamond, but when you play the diamond, you have to dominate the ball so that your um, fullbacks can get forward and provide the width. Um mm. We had Backinson badly out of position on the left side of that. He's very, very right-footed. And um, I don't think it worked very well. Uh, well, the overall performance uh, Jeb, would, would, would would suggest. I know I know yeah, we've got it, the win, it, but it, this paper's over the cracks because, look, I mean, we'll, we'll talk not in massive detail about the game, but that's a game we could have lost 4-2 easily, isn't it? Yeah, and we were overrun in the middle of the park. Finished? Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, we 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 didn't control the ball. Uh, our first touch, our passing, um, left so much to be desired. The shape was bad, and we were. Barnsley could have been three 0 up before we scored. Before they scored, mm. when they did score, uh, and the crowd was just beginning to turn. It was just going to get toxic. And then Weidman got the first goal. And it was a, yeah. a, a decent move with some interplay. And on that particular, those two particular occasions, we didn't, as we did on many occasions, get caught offside because our forwards find it very difficult to bend their runs. And the midfield players find it very difficult to pass the ball 10 metres in a straight line between defenders to find them. Now, that's what... They did for the goals. Masengo's reverse ball to put Chris Martin away was superb. 
Yeah, it was. Uh, no, definitely. The the other uh, the other midfield players. It was the worst game I've seen Matty James have for some reason. He's getting out muscled in a way that he wasn't at the start of the season. So I don't know if that's an injury. If it's not, he, he really does need to pull his finger out. Well, as um, you're saying about James, sorry, and you're saying about James there. I was just watching the highlights this morning, and um, he was totally out muscled for uh, for their goal when it came. Yeah, I mean, he was the yeah. one that allowed the fullback to get the cross in. Let me get. Uh, so we come on to some more of the action uh, in a moment, and the goals, which you've um, described them well. But let's uh, let uh, uh, Mark have a, a say on the starting lineup. I mean, we were a bit threadbare. Were you surprised to see? Backinson in the uh, in the starting lineup, or was it? You know, that's all we could put in, unless we went with one of the youngsters. And this yeah, constant yeah, pl- yeah. playing of Martin and Vyman, which I said was a chance to change. What the hell do I know? Yeah, but what did you think of the starting lineup? It's much of a muchness, really. I mean, Cameron Pring gives you more physicality at left back, and he tried to um, to go forward, but both our fullbacks played pretty deep. Very deep, didn't didn't go didn't go for, go, go forward at, at all, uh, and in the end, Pring went off injured. But Backinson just can't tackle. He's very good at making forward passes, but he's also very good at getting robbed of the ball. The big change in the game was Masengo was able to link midfield and attack well, you know, because he's got he's got pace. He can turn over possession, and he made that superb reverse ball. Second half, they took off Gomez and brought Benson on. To, to, to nullify to nullify Masengo and we had nothing in midfield in the second half at all. But yeah. if you're playing if you're playing without whip, if you're playing with a diamond, so diamonds at the head of the diamond, like Ian said, you've got to, you've got to have good possession. But our possession is just pathetic. Well, forty three we for so, a home game. Forty three it was uh, yesterday. We, we were so we were so we were so narrow is untrue. But even towards the end of the game, when we wanted to put the ball in the corners, we just conspired. To, to lose possession and and, and and give and give them give them time and space. There's no mm. pressing. There's no physicality in the tackling. I can't wait for Joe Williams to come back, but I don't think that's going to be until after the international break. Oh, but I don't think you it will be at all. Replace, yeah, who yeah. do you have to replace Martin? The only player of uh, matches physicality is uh, um, is Louis Britton, and he's out of the picture. Well, at the moment, we've done. Yeah, we've concerned. done that. We've done that to death. I mean, um, I'm going to come back to Ian on the toxicity. Uh, I said to the chap sitting next to me in the uh, lower lands down, and I said, is it me or is this crap? And literally within 60 seconds of saying that, they'd scored uh, the opening goal. As we say, Matty James out muscled, should the ball have got that far uh, with the cover on that left side. And it was a, it was a decent finish by their bloke. But then there was a period just after it where we were lost. And as Ian said, the crowd were turning. Did you sense that, Ian? There was that little period where if Barnsley had got another, right, and a better side may well have done, but it would have... You know how how would that have toxicity manifested itself? Because the natives were getting restless, weren't they? Well, if you if you remember, we were defending <clears throat> quite badly in the first half, and there was a huge amount of booing uh, mm. coming out of the south stand, section eighty two, and there was a uh, that you could the nervousness and the the uh, concern, the anxiety. In the in the crowd was absolutely palpable, yeah. Uh, because it's gone past being able to laugh it off or it being one of those things or anything like that. 
Um, and, and I agree with pretty much everything Nigel Pearson said after the game. Uh, he didn't try to hide it. He said the result was the most important thing, not the performance. We played better than that at home and, and lost, which is true. Yeah, uh, that we played better against Forest and lost <clears throat> because we can't close out games. Excuse me. We played uh, a lot better against Swansea and lost uh, because we struggled to score goals. So yesterday we increased the goals we scored at home by 50% in our eighth game. So, oh, that was a little Nigel Pearson that right? I did then, wasn't it? It was right. Yeah. Uh, well, we, we, yeah. Up, little, little, them, Lee we... Used to do his, little Lee used to do those little laughs, didn't he? I bet he wasn't laughing yesterday after they got Gub 4-1 at Rotherham. But, uh, 5-1. 5-1, sorry. 5-1. Yeah, you're right. Anyway, sorry. And, and scored on. some of the goals, Michael Smith. But anyway, um, yeah, <laughs> I, I, it was just beginning to bubble, and the booing was starting, and the the oh 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 like this all the time, and then we got the goal, and that yeah. saved them being booed off at half time, and it probably it saved them being booed on um, in the, the second half. Second half, I know. So Mark, it's not, uh, it, it's not uh, in any way um, was it an acceptable performance nowhere near and still more questions and answers papering over the cracks all those kind of phrases all that stuff yeah uh, that, I, that i think every every look we're all delighted that we won because we it are. gets us closer to 50 points in staying in the division yeah uh, but and that's we're 19 points with a third of the season thir- 19 points with a third of the season gone so you know that's... well we're if you look at it we're we're 10 points off of relegation and I think we're still only five points off the playoffs, which is which shows what a ridiculous divi- division yeah. it is. So, yeah. okay, th- that one's out of the way. We've got the, hopefully we've got rid of the hoodoo, although that can soon come back against Blackburn and, and Stoke Diaz for the next two. And, and, and Blackburn, because I can't see us beating either of those. We've got to be honest. So we need to find a shape. Uh, we need to find some width. We need to find some pattern. And we need to find it really quick because... That showed me yesterday that we are potentially um, a bottom three or a bottom six side. I think that some of the ones down there are worse teams than us, but I can't be honest, I don't think Barnsley are one of them. No, no, I agree. I agree. Mark, um, let's go back to the goals, which Ian described a minute ago. I mean, I've been a critic of uh, of, um, uh, of Andreas Weiman or saying he needed a rest. Um, they were two good setup goals, and they were two fine finishes from the Austrian. And look, he's got six goals. Thing is, with Weiman's goals, they come in little batches, and he'll get a brace. And those six goals, it's been three braces that he scored. How did you rate his overall performance other than the goals? And you could say, oh, well, he only scored the two goals that gave us the three points. But how did you rate him today and Martin for that matter up front because I was calling for a, a different formation like a 4-4-1-1 uh, which I put on Twitter but what, what did you think of him yesterday? I think he, I mean, he, was, clin- he was clinical in his finishing and I mean the first one showed how you can beat the offside trap because he played. He was on the edge of the uh, the uh, on the on the edge of the line because Barnsley they play this high line and it's just so annoying when you can't spring it. And that's what we did in the second half. But he was on the edge of the line, played it back to Wells, who played it through for him. So he turned and ran onto it. And, mm. yeah, smacked it high, in, high into the uh, roof of the net past the keeper's right. Great finish in the second one. 
the reverse pass, and that was a hard finish because he had to play it past a player and through the legs of another player right into the corner. So that was drilled in. That was a very smart finish. So there's nothing wrong with his finishing. But is it down to his inability to get onto the ball or our, our inability to, to, to supply him? Because the second half, we were just whacking it up the middle uh, to Chris Martin. The same old thing, Chris Martin. And I don't think he won a single. He didn't win a single header in the second header. half. I mean, he seemed to be launched, going for a lot of headers over the Lansdowne side. And, you know, he was always being, uh, I would say out-muscled, but just it was coming straight back. I mean, what did you what did you think of Martin and uh, Vyman, uh, Ian? And Martin, I mean, Mark's covered off Vyman, and let's not take anything away because he did score two goals. But, uh, you know, maybe... Martin is the one who needs the rest because, you know, he just looked just, well, was he battling alone, trying to get on the end of lousy passes? What were your thoughts? Uh, Well, it's a little bit of everything, isn't it? Our our midfield's appallingly weak. And by that, I mean, they're they're all apart from Masengo, who's uh, bulked up physically. I think he's quite strong physically for a smaller bloke. But uh, as my dad always used to say, a, a good big one's always better than a good little one. Uh, and you can't have James. Is I've I thought he was a, a find when we brought him in, but I got to be honest, the last few games I really haven't been impressed. He seems to be half a yard behind the game all the time. Yeah, and his passing is and his set pieces aren't great. So, uh, what did I think of Martin yesterday? Well, he set up. He was in, he got an assist for Vyman's second. I think when he gets half decent possession, all forwards like to be on the ball facing goal when they receive it. Uh-huh. On too many occasions, he isn't, and and neither is Naki and neither is Andy Vyman. So they've got too much to do when they get the ball. But if you look at the space we afford teams out wide, it's all very well saying well. It's the penalty area where goals are scored, so that's what you need to defend. So I know sides pull in, but there's so much space out wide. Yeah. Well, they seem to be pinging balls. I mean, literally in the second half, because it was literally one-way traffic. Naki Wells blazed one over the bar. Maybe you had a couple of other chances, but all I kept seeing was more Barnsley players than us on the flanks, and they were doing the balls like Tinian used to do across to Scotty Murray on the white. You know, they'd be right. Over yeah, the it was Jordan, Jordan Williams on the left and. Uh, and Cannon Britain on the right. They were just and playing the playing diagonals. Backwards all the time. and forwards, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, so, but is it, 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 sticking with you in these, the way we play, is it that the manager is only able to play with what he's got, or can we combat things differently with the players that we've got? Why? Why do we allow this to happen? Well, the second half, Weinman was right out of the game and playing left wing. Yeah, and uh, he he didn't look fully fit. So I'm thinking before we bring uh, Benarus on for Backinson, which I thought was a ridiculous substitution. Uh, why don't we bring O'Dowd on so it can give Andy Vyman a rest because he he looks out on his feet, and he's he's been pushed over to the left wing. He's not a left winger. In fact, he's not a wide player. Mm. Uh, so I didn't understand why he didn't get when and when you've got an ex, an international left winger on the bench, why don't you bring him on? So I, I, I wasn't <laughs> yeah, pleased. Right. I wasn't pleased with that. So, yeah. um, no, at the moment, I don't think we've got a successful formation. I don't think Nigel Pearson knows his best formation. I don't think he knows his best 11. He's getting by with what he's got, 
But, for example, he had the opportunity and the budget to go and get a striker um, in, in the summer. And he tells us he chose not to because we've got so many <clears throat> good players here. Uh, well, firstly, I don't think we have got uh, so many good players here. And secondly, if you're going to play hoof it, belt it, launchy football, gas football, as they used to call it, or whoosh mm-hmm. football, then you need big blokes, probably two, up front to hold the ball up. Now, if people are saying, well, is that how you want to see us play? No, it's not. I want to see us play like Man City, but we ain't going to do that. So if you, just be honest about it. If you want to play like the old Wimbledon side with Vinnie Jones and Fash the Bash and and then you, you put the big blokes in, you're horrible. Well, that's old against. style. That's old them. style football, isn't it, Ian? And and look, well, it's not Pearson, old style football. It's, it's, well, it's a no, way of playing. Hungry, hungry didn't. It's a way of playing. That's right. So yeah, it's so like Rotherham played last players, season. But, hit diagonal to a front man and then feed off it with yes, the midfield runners. Yes, and and if you, but you've got to have the players to do it. It's no good having Naki Wells up front who is five foot six. Before anybody says I'm height obsessed. I'm talking about how you play this game. If you looked at Wimbledon, they used to put three big blokes up front yeah. who also weren't terrible footballers, the likes of Gale and Fashionu and players like that. They'd put them up front and they would elbow and bang defenders and they got good sides in awful kinds of trouble. It's like the old Cambridge John Beck football. Do I like that? No, I don't. Uh, but if that's all we can afford to do because we haven't got the budget to do anything else... Just tell me, and I'll put up with it, and then go and get Smith from Rotherham, Jamil Matt from Forest Green, and we'll pl- and get some uh, wide players, and we'll, and get the crosses in, and let's put sides under a bit of pressure because what we're doing at the moment, for that five minutes, it looked great. For the rest of the game, it looked terrible. And make no mistake, we should have lost that game yesterday. And if oh, we'd have lost, definitely, yeah, four, four, two. four five, six, two. We couldn't have had any complaints yeah. whatsoever. Okay, that's, Ian, you know, I'm sorry, but that's how we feel about no, it. No, that's how it is. No, that's that's that. Yeah, we never pull any punches. Uh, we never pull any punches on here. But you say we play, we boot it. So are we? Who who are the main booters? Because both of the goals, they were well worked. They they were well set up goals. They yeah. weren't whooshes down there. So if we had, if we had, let's say we had our fit. Midfield, which I think most people would agree was would be Masengo, Williams, and Matty James performing like he can. Then that's a decent midfield. Maybe with Callum O'Dowda playing wide, yeah. And you don't need if you take Martin out because he's so say the target man. We have that midfield has the ability. Uh, even if you don't play O'Dowda, to play the ball along the ground because you played with a front two of Vyman and Wells, you don't need to woof it. So who's woofing it? Is it that we're just bypassing the midfield? Yeah. And who are the, you know, we're saying it's Callis woofs it, Atkinson woofs it, the fullbacks are just hitting it aimlessly forward. Who Who is the, the main woofer of the ball? Because, you know. <laughs> Dan Bentley. Yeah. Dan, Dan yeah, Bentley. Bentley. Yeah. So it just ben, goes back Bentley, to him. Why does Ben tell me this? Why does Bentley, who isn't the best passer of the ball in the team, all right, and you wouldn't expect him to be because he's a keeper, mm. why does he come out and take free kicks ten yards inside our half? What's the point? Because one day he's going to scuff one and someone's going to smash it over his head into the net. Mm. Why does he do that? There's absolutely no need, and it's just and it makes it boring. And 
it, when people talk about Atkinson, oh, he's like Adam Webster, uh, he plays out cobblers. Absolute mm. nonsense. He got away with it in League One. Uh, the number of times I've seen him come out and drop us in it by losing the ball. And yeah. the problem with that is when a player, when you get a player and you think, oh, he's going to lose the ball, the fullbacks aren't going to bomb on past because they think, hang on a minute, he's going to lose it. Then I'm going to look a chump because they're going to knock the ball out wide. The winger's going to be unmarked if he doesn't track me. And then we'll be a goal down. It'll be my fault. So that makes your fullback static. I, I don't think our Pring might be able to hit the big diagonal. I don't think Jada Silva can. And George Tanner may, but we don't do it. We don't know. When was the last time we played a ball from one side of the field to the other in one ping? About five well, years ago, probably. <laughs> a couple well, of things. Couple yeah. of people, there's a little bit of banter going on uh, here on uh, the text between uh, Lisa and Taze. And Lisa's defending, uh, well, not defending, she's talking about this Smith that you've been saying about, uh, Ian. And then Taze yeah. is saying he's the wrong side of 30. I mean, let me bring Mark back in here. Mark, um, do, you know, somebody like this Smith and uh, the other guy Ian mentioned at Forest Green, you know, go out and get them in the window. You know, well, why not get Louis Britton to a form of fitness and just get one of them? Yeah, but is that the answer? Is that that we only have the players to play a long ball game? Whereas I don't think we do. When you look at the skill of Scott and Benarus uh, as well and some of these other youngsters, they're not big blokes. You know, we've got probably two of the most skillful under 19-year-old players in the championship that are on the verge of breaking in to the team. But what do you, what do you think, Mark? Well, we just only we only played one we only played one way yesterday, and that was narrow. We didn't play wide at all. The only the only um, the only tool we tried to use to break the offside trap was in the middle of the pitch with Masengo and possibly Backinson. We didn't we didn't get the fullbacks past the midfielders at all to provide any crosses. I can't remember one cross behind their defence in the whole in the whole ninety minutes to Martin to Martin or Wells. It was mm. it was so one pace. But something like Alex Scott gives you a different dimension. He gets so low over the ball, he wins free kicks, a bit like yeah. Drac Grealish, you know, he's yeah, we've said that. he's yeah. been yeah. leagued uh, socks around his ankles, but he does it and he can defend. You know, a couple of brilliant trap backs uh, against um, against Peterborough, and we didn't. I mean, we didn't track the runner for the the, the Barnsley goal. And what we haven't said is, it was from a throw in again. It was throw in halfway inside our half. It was just thrown over Tanner to Devante Cole. He out muscled. Uh, he out muscled Matt James and just passed it back. But there were about three defenders between their, their forward and, and the goal. Well, that's a, that's another. That's another awful. That's another one of my one of my pet hates. Non league throw ins. Throw the ball in field. Don't throw it down the line. That really does my napper in. It yeah. really does. Stop it, for God's sake. And talking about the right throwers, the we, had Callis, we had Callas with the towel, right? And his throwings are not that effective, I don't think. And their bloke, he threw a few in that were more direct and no no use of the towel. You know, We need weapon. a flick on at a near post, don't you? It's the first one. If you throw it too far, it's going to go straight to the goalkeeper. Mm. You need to throw it hard with a lower trajectory. So, it, I mean, the, the goal we scored, it it, um, it, it read in. The only goal we scored from, from a throw in, it was flicked on to, to Vyman, wasn't it? To head in, right. head in on the six-yard box. But you've got to get that first header. It's going to be hard to get... Well, if you've got a defence that makes it easy for somebody like Kyle Bartley to score, when he runs, he takes a run from left to right across the penalty area and head it in from the centre to get the elevation because he's not tracked. 
but mostly you'd have to get a header at the front post to, to, to flick it on. That's the problem. That's not what we're not, we're not doing, but and we still do it that. far and too often. Dead, and, that's, and that applies to corners as well, because we can all remember the 89-90 season when it used to be Mark Gavin corners, and then Dave Rennie you know, would be at the near post and back it across for either Bob Taylor or uh, mm. Robbie Turner's coming. Ian, you said that... Uh, Benarus, you thought it was a mad substitution on 67 minutes. Two things there. Good to see the youngster on the field, on the one hand. But equally, we could have done with Tyreek. Tyreek. Um, Zach Viner wasn't even on the bench. And with King and um, uh, and Williams injured, yeah, if he'd have been on the bench, a better substitution and what's gone wrong with Zach. So good to see Benarus. Why is Zach out of favour, Ian? Yeah, Belarus came on and looked uh, looked like a boy in a man's world. Whereas when Scott plays, unless we play him out of position on the wings, which he isn't, he's a 10, play him 10 or don't play him. Um, and he, he looked, he was out-muscled on virtually every occasion. Uh, great to see young Bristolian players. He's been at the club 12 years. Um so I haven't got a problem with it, but it was the wrong substitution yesterday. Yeah. And you could feel the side, and I'm not going to say you win nothing with kids, <clears throat> but you, you need to be a little bit careful because the kids Alex Ferguson brought in were called uh, Beckham, Skulls, Nevilles, and people yeah. like that who, who I don't know whatever happened to, the, happened to them, but I think they had decent careers. They weren't um, bad, were they? No, the crowd yesterday, by the way, was eighteen three four seven, which is not bad. More, well, slightly more than we had against Forest, and and Forest brought, I think, it was about fifteen hundred, sixteen hundred fans down. So, um, yeah, but so, and what you always have to remember is you have to take roughly somewhere between thirteen and fifteen hundred off that. Because Season ticket holders who always, don't go, yeah. Season ticket holders who don't go yet are counted. It, it didn't seem yeah. that many in the ground, but I'm, you know, I'm surprised how well the season ticket sold, and I'm very surprised. Place. Yeah. Well, if you look at it, we we learned the other day from Richard Gould that um, that the uh, we we've lost seventeen hundred season ticket holders who've been going to the ground for seven years or more. Now that to me is a deeply troubling statistic. Because so what period was that, Ian? Because you were sat next to him at that the, event. What it period was the is... summer of last. It was the summer of last season. Right. So the summer, well, the, the <laughs> summer just gone. So when we were selling season tickets, seventeen hundred people didn't renew who'd had season tickets for seven, seven years or more. So you've got some twenty-year guys in there. The other thing yeah. that you've got is we lost thirteen hundred. So that's three thousand altogether that have had season tickets for three years or less. So those are people that have come down, you know, they might have moved away with a But you say we've lost 1,700 and 1,300, but we still ended up with slightly more season ticket holders than we had the previous season. Yeah, so that yeah. would suggest that you're bringing new season ticket holders on board, on board. Now, whether that's people moving to the area and stuff like that that want a football fix, but you're absolutely right here. And I was chatting to a bloke yesterday. He said, this is my last season doing corporate. He said, and I'm going to pick and choose my games. And he's a 40-year, 50-year-plus person like we are. Um, Ian, so we got we can talk more about off-the-field stuff in a moment. I asked you about um, Zach, uh, 
Zach Viner, just not not in the squad. And I don't think I don't think Casey Palmer was in the eighteen uh, yesterday. But what no. what what is it that Zach Viner, you know, <laughs> what do, what do, why do you think he's out of favour? Because he's no less um, what's the word I'm going to use laconic in his he's no less laconic well, in his demeanour on the field than Parkinson. Well, I can't see why you wouldn't have Zach Viner. I think he's a perfect substitute. I think he can play three positions. Uh, and you can argue all day which one's his best, but he can play three positions. Now, at one point last season, uh, la- sorry, last season, yesterday, Atkinson uh, went down injured. A couple of three times he was in the yes, wars. Yes, he did. And you, and you thought, blimey, if he goes off, who plays centre-back? Yeah. Because Pring's already gone off. Um, and Baker's not on the bench. You just left with Simpson. You Simpson. Now, Simpson is a right back, is a right back, is a right back. He can't even play wing back. No. So you've got him on the bench and Zach Viner not. So Zach Viner can play right centre back, right back, right wing back at a push, defensive midfield. Yeah. So I'm sorry, but uh, and I think you need, he's we, a good utility player. He's a classic utility player that he's not good enough for a start in eleven. But when you have got limited resources, he's a good player to have in the match day eighteen, isn't he? Yeah, that's it. Well, I think I, I, I can't see the point of having Danny Simpson as a sub and not Zach Viner. I really yeah. don't get it, and I'd love Nigel Pearson to explain it. Yeah, and Mark, what 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 do you think uh, of uh, Zach Viner's omission? I mean, nobody's going to shed any tears over Casey Palmer. Uh, not being uh, in in the um, in the A team, but Zach Viner, you know, he's he is he is that classic utility player, isn't he? I think midfield might be his best position because I mean he found it difficult as a central defender when when he was when he was up close against big big strikers like Joao, you know, just it just lent lent all over him, and he had a I think he had a bad game at Middlesbrough, didn't he, against their uh, against their uh, left left winger. Do you know what that was? I was there. thinking that Mark. I was just thinking, has he started a game since Middlesbrough because he was badly at fault? There was a mm. big gap between him and Callas on that on that side, wasn't there? Yeah, but I mean, um, he, he played well in mid, very well in midfield against Swansea last season, uh, and and I think he set up he set up one of the goals. But he's got energy; he can tackle. And let's look at it. I mean, our midfield options are threadbare at the moment. Uh, you know, you look as match up against against well every single team, and the reason why we can't retain retain possession is because the problems in in midfield. It's it's not rocket science. And you know it's right having the old boy network, but Danny Simpson. Let's let's be honest; he's not capable of championship football. His he couldn't last ninety sorry, minutes. He's not good, he he's not yeah, good enough. So why are we paying his wages? It's a waste of a wage. Well, that's mates' rates and all the rest of it. it Mark, on that same point though, you say you know we're being overrun in midfield. Yet we're playing with the luxury of Vyman, Martin, and Wells. Where if you're being overrun in midfield and you haven't got quality then at least let's pack the midfield right with an extra dare I say a viner in there when Joe Williams comes back our problems should be solved but we don't know what his fitness record is is he going to play 10 games without breaking well, down we know it like Dave we know it Dave we know exactly what his fitness record is and it's bloody awful so yeah. I, you know I don't think you can I, I really like Joe Williams as a player but you please don't play him wide right no. Please play him in. No, 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 but that's right. But then he's played. Look who he's played wide right in games this season. He's played Masengo out wide right. He he played uh, Alex Scott out wide right. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, so some of these utter crap. Utter yeah. crap. But if we're being overrun in midfield, right, then, you know, take one of those luxury three because Vyman, Martin and Wells, five years ago, that would have put fear into most championship defenders. But, you know, that was five years ago. It's not now. And none of those are capable of tackling back, putting their foot on the ball and giving the midfield a breather. And it's going well, back. If you had Corey Smith and Marlon Pat behind them, you know, you'd be more, more secure. Well, there you we're go. They're not era, they're that's not, the problem, they're isn't not, it? They're not, era, they're not era anymore, so it's pointless talking uh, about Oh, no, no, talk, but what I'm just about, saying, you've got players yeah, of that ill. You Cheese, haven't got players like if that. We had, if we had Paul Cheesley and Bob Taylor up front, we'd be brilliant, but we haven't. Yeah. So yeah. you need to yeah. deal with... No, you've got to deal with the here and now. 21, not... Yeah. Not all what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, you haven't replaced them with players of that quality or players who can do the the basics. So yeah. we just haven't got players who will, who will do the basics, and we just get passing through us. I mean, if either that or you pass the ball quicker, and we can't do that. We can't maintain possession. Yeah. We can't we can't pass and move. Midfielders do not get in front of the forwards at all. That's the problem. I'm glad. The, I'm the, glad the, you the said that the, because that's that's another thing I want to point out. Our movement is dreadful, and if mm-hmm. you don't think it is. Look at the next time we take a throw-in. Dreadful. Mm. Absolutely awful. And it's basics. Control the damn thing. Pass it. I'm not talking about pinging it. Pass it 10 yards accurately, please. Get in some space to receive the ball. Uh, Give the man on the ball three options. This is is basic coaching. So perhaps that's why two coaches have departed this week. If they couldn't get a better tune out of them. I and mean, when I've watched our under-23s, they do play decent football. So perhaps Alec, Alec Ball can get into the ear holes of a few of the guys in the first team. If, well, if, I, think if the guys that, I think the guys that went, who've gone now, Simpson and Downing, you know, I think that was, people have said it on Twitter and on the forum this week, you know, the be- one of the benefits when they came was that we thought we they would have a, 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 a tap-in uh, to, to talent that was in those under 18 and 19 squads that they were in charge of that would be at Premier League clubs and would be surplus to requirements because they wouldn't be in their 25. And that produced the sum total of sweet FA. Um, Ian, and I'll ask Mark the same question, but Ian first. Tanner at right back, I think when you see a youngster, I think there's enough there in him that he does make the ricket. But as long as we can stay up this season and he make, he's made that position his own by default because of Simpson's inadequacy and Zach Viner not being a specialist in that area. But do you think do you think we're very weak in that area, Ian, with Tanner? Or do you think he does enough good stuff because he put in some great tackles again yesterday? Yeah, but what, what do you think of Tanner based on the number of games I think, you've seen him play? I think for, for 300 grand, he's arguably one of our best ever signings. Yeah. And we haven't even, we haven't even paid all that yet. So, I haven't got a problem with George Tanner. The great thing is he can play uh, right back and he can also play right wing back. If we ever get a midfield that can give uh, wing backs a ball. Fun fact of the day, just for fun, uh, there are now four sides. I wouldn't believe this if I looked at it. Four sides below us in the home form table. We're now 20th. The four teams below us in the home form table table as over eight the last eight game are Barnsley, Hull City, Cardiff City and bottom of the pile, and this will surprise people, Nottingham Forest. 
Yeah, because they, um, they had that reverse. They did have that uh, reverse. And then you've got the away table where we're fifth. Yeah. So so yeah. we're fifth in the away table. I mean, it is just crackers. Uh, well, maybe Atlanta. maybe we get in this result. We've we've turned it around. Uh, Mark, what do you think of uh, what do you think of George Tanner? I think he's got he's got energy. I think he can tackle. Um, this game a couple of games ago. Um, I can't remember who it was against. Now that was Luke, Luke. No, it was against Fulham. You know, where he came came rushing out and made two great block block tackles that really fired at the uh, the the Dolman stand in section eighty two. And he's only not. I think he's what is he nineteen years old? Yeah. yeah. So I think it's as much sometimes as we get exposed down the flanks because the midfield players allow teams to double up on our on our fullbacks. That's the, that's one of the problems. I mean, we're so static between those between those lines. There's just so much. There's so much space that they're not protected. You've got to really work as a team. I mean, we yeah. you know on the left side, you know you, you know the, the Mickey the the, the Martin Scotts. Uh, you know, uh, you past. know, the Brian Tinian to Mickey Bell and so Darren and so Barnard, on. Another one, Darren Four. Barnard. Yeah. You know, we work together as a team to protect that side of the side of the pitch, and we're just not doing it. We're getting mm-hmm. overrun. I mean, I think his first game against QPR, he was constantly playing against two players. Yeah. They were just chucking cross after cross after cross into the box, and we got, it- and we got lucky. I think we just it just this business of it being overrun. It just comes back to packing the numbers in midfield. You know, that just one extra person. You know, so it's four four two, but without a recognised um, without a recognised winger. Um, leadership, no, I think Dave. I think Dave. I think that's the wrong way to do it. Mm. That's really okay, it. Well, we've tried about that. We tried that. Yeah. We tried that yesterday, and it it it's not. You've got to play them in the right shape, because you in a in a system where you play, you're suggesting playing four players narrow, so that's even moving to you either play uh, three six one, which I've seen us play once before in the club's history. We actually won the game four one, so we never ever did that again because that was a waste of time. Didn't we? <laughs> we won, funny enough, we won four one away at Barnsley. Yeah, um, never ever played it again. That was under Danny Wilson. So we, you either play a three-six-one, which you can. Um, I think if we could, we need the three centre backs in the team for the height because we're such a, we concede so many attacking opportunities the opposition because we haven't, we can't stop sides wide and we don't create from wide. Um, so the ball's going to come into our box a lot is the point I'm making. So you need, yeah. uh, you know, your big guys Baker, Atkinson, Callas. Uh, yeah. To win the headers, so yeah. then then you're either saying, well, if we play three at the back, we can play three five two, we can play three four three. Uh, then you've got an issue with not huge pace up front. Boyman is what I call quick enough. Naki is nippy. Chris Martin's not got that much pace at all. So you, you've got these limited, and, and the thing that stops me saying four or five one is I don't think we've got a one. You could try Vyman there in the same way that, and he could play in the same way that Bobby Reed used to when we had him up top on his own. Sometimes when we played much better football, mm. um, they didn't no, not not Naki, not not Naki in a four. No, well, this is some of the. I mean, if you've got a side that plays total football and passes the ball, then yeah, you can play a small guy up front. I mean, I don't know about that small, but you can play a small guy. 
but you've got to have the width, you've got to give them the service, same sort of way that Man City do when they've got, so say they haven't got a proper centre forward and Raheem Sterling goes in there. Um, yeah. But this is some of the worst football mm-hmm. at the moment that you've I've seen ever in 50 seen years. In 50 take years. away, Take away the bad old days when we went, even when we were crashing down through the divisions, we seemed to play a bit better from my memory anyway, and that might be the sepia-coloured, uh, rose-tinted memory of uh, um, the past. But we seemed to play some better football then. Now, when we lost all the players, we had the kids playing and we crashed through the divisions, we went down to the fourth division, and not only that, pretty much the bottom of the fourth division. Yeah, um, yeah the football weren't great. But when I look at the excite, the exciting football we played under Cottrell, um, yeah. and some of the football we played under Lee Johnson, let's be very honest, when we got it right, we were very good. Yeah. Well, we're but, talking four years. That's four years ago now, and the odd, yeah. I would say that half season, 17-18, was great. Yeah. yeah? And yeah. we played like that. In, and that's four years ago now. Four years, right? Well, we it's four played years when it all started to change in that Wolves game when Wolves beat well, us two one with that last minute I know, minute goal. I know. And, and we've had. The, I'm telling you now, that was a catalyst for it to start going backwards. Yeah. And we haven't arrested slowly, no. but we haven't arrested that slide. And you can add no. in. We've had the old game, like when we beat West Brom, we were three 0 up after 20 minutes. I think that was two years ago now, and then they got two goals. We were hanging on for grim death. We were not being assertive in games. Mark, let me ask you about leadership, and I'll say the same to you, uh, Ian. Mark, leadership. Yeah, we do not appear to have. Callis has had the captain's armband taken away and is playing the better for it. I don't believe you can have a goalkeeper and be a leader or a captain inspirationally like Lewis Carey was in recent years where are the leaders on the pitch Mark and is it right that a goalkeeper can be an effective captain yeah I, I don't know if he makes it too much of, of who gets the armband if he just if he looks at it like that then the goalkeeper is completely the wrong person because he's looking at every he's looking at everything from behind which sounds crazy but you should have two or three leaders on the pitch, experienced players who can grab old, you know, can bang heads together and, and, and criticise players when they're doing wrong to cajole them into, you know, into action or, you know, or praise people when it, when it's going right, get the crowd, get the crowd lifted. We just don't seem to have that. We just seem to play in straight lines, three, mm. three defend, four defenders, three midfield players, three forwards. There's no risk and reward. That's the trouble. Nobody's, nobody's sent. Look, just just going back to that 17-18 game and that Manchester United game, how often did you see Corey Smith getting ahead of the ball? If he hadn't have done that, he wouldn't have scored the winner. But, but that's about the only, only time he did it. Times it was ever scored, done. I think he scored two huh? goals against Cheltenham in the, in the, the, the Freight Rover or whatever it is called there. But he never got forward, did he? Other than well, he never United. got he never got beyond. I remember I saw, I saw Marnham packed against Leeds with a one-two with. Uh, uh, with 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 Tomkins, uh, it just you know it just didn't happen. That's the problem. You look at that. Yeah. The reason the reason that we beat Manchester United in that season, and we had to revert to a four four one one because Gigi was injured and Jorich right. had had a hernia operation, so he was out the picture for a few months. So we had to play the ball on on the ground because we had two small guys up front, and it worked it worked terrifically. 
because you know, and accommodating Gigi when in when he came back in January, I think threw us off course as well. But yeah. the midfield players were prepared to make those runs. And yeah. you look at the way both of those goals were crafted from back to front by playing the ball over the top and the midfield runner making the run late. Nobody does that. They just no. don't do that. I mean, De Smith didn't do that enough during his career. Well, that's career. under three different managers. That's now exactly under three why don't they do that? So You're never going to score it? any goals. Yeah, Ian, no because leaders. We don't yeah. because no we leaders don't dominate the, the possession. They mm. they don't dominate possession, and if you get past the ball, the chances are you won't get the ball, and you'll be out of position. That's what stops us from doing it. And the the natural instinct of the three midfield players that played yesterday is they don't get past the ball. That's their natural instinct is to stay behind the ball, with the possible exception of Masengo, who doesn't do it for the reason that I, I just stated. Yeah. Uh, leadership, no, I don't see. Um, I think Martin's got straight to character. Uh, I think Callas leads by example, but he's, he's yeah. not, a, 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 you know, you'd follow him because of how good a player he was, not because yeah. of what he said to you. Or anything like that. So no, we're lacking a Jerry Gow, a Jerry Sweeney. Uh, I fall about laughing when people talk about Matty James being an enforcer. I mean, oh dear God! In Weak. Heaven. No, and I mean, that, that's, no, that's very disappointing. So, he, he's so proving stupid. To, it's funny. Yeah, he's proving to be as disappointing to me as Gary O'Neill was when he was signed. Because when Lee Johnson no, signed I, Gary O'Neill, no, I, I think oh, he was I very disappointing. Yeah. Well, yeah, but he was a good player, but he got a terrible injury. Yeah, and, and yeah. you know you can't. When he played, I thought Gary O'Neill was a good player. When he played, it's a little bit like Joe Williams. Everybody's raving about Joe Williams, but when he plays, he's completed ninety yeah. minutes once in two in one and a half seasons. Yeah, so no, not good. We don't really know what he's going to be like over ten games. I hope we get to find out because I think he'd be good in central yeah. midfield, please. Yeah, not out um, on the wing, but not okay. out on the bloody wing. No, guys, we've got. Uh... Two games coming up now away from Ashton Gate. Two trips to the Midland. Uh, Lee Bowyer's Birmingham won uh, 2-0 up at um, Borough Middlesbrough. yesterday. Yeah. yeah, and Coventry were 1-0 winners at Hull. Birmingham are nestled with us in mid-table. I think they're just below us, so we pull away from them if we get something or, um, uh, you know, they, 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 they leapfrog us. Um Ian, your thoughts on the two away games coming up. What's a good return? One win, one defeat, or two draws to get a bit of momentum with a break and then two home games after that? I think we we need a minimum of two points. Uh, Birmingham play a 3-4-2-1, and they've got a poor home record. Their, their home record over uh, the last seven games, because obviously they've got a home game coming up, is marginally better than ours. So their home record is played seven, one, two, drew two, lost three. They've only scored five goals in those seven games and conceded 10. So they've got a minus five goal difference. Um, so their points record is just minusculely over a point a game. So they're not there. And I think their last five is one, lost, drew, lost one. So, but they have won two games back to back with that win at, at Middlesbrough. Uh, interestingly, the, the one that they play up top is normally Big Djukovic, but they're yeah. using him off the bench. And he came on yesterday as a 67th minute sub for the guy playing up front, who's uh, old Troy Deeney. Um, yeah. So they only had three shots on target. 
but they did have 18 shots. They didn't force a corner all game, but they did have 44% possession at Borough. I mean, Borough, it looks like Borough were much the more dominant team, but didn't take their chances. Um, so, uh, I, I think... Two, po- I'd, I'd two be, points a minimum. So two, yeah, two draws would two be nice. Two points from it? two games. Yeah. It, well, it would be nice to win one of them. You know, I'd rather lose one and win one, obviously, because you get three points. But yeah. in another way, it's good to keep an unbeaten run going. That yeah. so you get the you get the two those two, and it also takes two points off of uh, the other two clubs. Um, and miraculously, like I said earlier, we're only five points five points off the playoffs, which shows that it is a bit of a mad division. Yeah, well, if we beat, assuming you know we we both went in midweek and then we went and beat Coventry at the weekend, we'd be five points behind them and then nestled in in fourth at the moment. Um, Mark, your thoughts on the uh, two relatively uh, short trips up to the Midlands? I, I agree with Ian. Two points is a minimum. Yeah, but yeah, there's no easy games in this division, is there? And Coventry is probably the more difficult. Post- Coventry is yeah. the more difficult of the two. If you lose to Birmingham pressure's on against Coventry because you want to be getting something. And whereas if you beat Birmingham, you know, you can go to Coventry maybe with a different mindset. What do you think? Have they won all their own games this season? Uh, I know they had until recently. And of course they hammered Fulham Fulham. um, 4-1. Although uh, the the, the penalty that, the penalty that they, they got, I think Gordon, didn't he? Got a retrospective ban for that assimilation. Coventry. Coventry haven't lost at home this season. Their record over seven games is uh, played seven, won six, drew one, lost, lost none. Uh, they've scored 15 goals and they've picked up 19 points at home. So they've only got another eight uh, on Wait. the road. So, so they, they're, getting, they're, averaging they, they like, two goals. They, they, they're averaging two goals a game at home. Then. They love yes. to well, get, and one. they love to get the ball wide as well. Um, so, so you know, only, again, only one team playing better uh, than them at home and that's Fulham. And, and in fairness, Fulham have got the same number of points, but played a game more. So Coventry are probably the best home side in a division. Yeah, you're talking about home form points at home. Yeah, of course. Yeah, looking. At I think yeah, they love form, to get yeah. the ball. They love to get the ball wide as well. So I mean, again, those the full backs have got to be on on their game. Do we play? Do we play a, a, a four five one? What's the best approach against Coventry? I know Birmingham are going to be physical. They got Matt, they got Mark Roberts, who they like to get up from the back, six foot five, chuck the ball up to him for set pieces. I think he, he beat uh, Lumley of Middlesbrough to, to one yesterday. I saw then if he scored, but Coventry do like to play, get the sling the ball wide, right, right to left, and, and get the ball in the box. And they got good midfield runners. Yeah. Well, we're dead level with Birmingham, so they've got the same number of points. They're ahead of us because their goal difference is, uh, is, 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 is one better. I mean, as you look at it, third of the season gone, the top two places are going to go to two of the three that got relegated. And at the moment, the top two are Bournemouth and Fulham. But I think we're going to see that top three interchange. And then how mental this division is. OK, Coventry are there in fourth on 27, but there's, there's three, uh, five points separating uh, Reading in 16th up to Huddersfield in 5th. But when you look at the clubs that are occupying the positions that we like to be in, and let's call that anything other than the top three, Coventry, Huddersfield, little old Blackpool, they're up there. They won away, didn't they, yesterday, I think. Blackburn, QPR, yeah, yeah. Stoke and Luton. I mean, if those teams are there or thereabouts, 
you know, those positions are held with eight games to go and we're still languishing down there in 15th. Then those clubs have underachieved, sorry, overachieved, and we've underachieved because we've got better resources. But equally, does the, the, the you know, how bad this division is or how level this division is, doesn't that give us a fighting chance if Pearson can galvanise something and have an effective January window. So, Ian, I'll come to you first. There's a lot of so-called unfashionable club, unfashionable clubs with less resources than us. That what do we need to do to get amongst them so that if we talk just before Christmas and we're three points outside the top uh, six, then anything can happen. So, what do we what do we need to do? Because they haven't got better players than we've got, and certainly Huddersfield, uh, Coventry, and Blackpool haven't. Well, um, we've. I think commentary have got some better players uh, than we've got. Uh, they've certainly got more informed players. I particularly like Hamer, who plays in the middle of midfield, and I like O'Hare, who plays just behind the two strikers. And the, the lad they signed was from uh, Swansea, uh, Goikres, uh is yeah. is a good centre forward. Ma- uh, Matty Godden's a good player as well. So you, you could argue a- about some of the others. I think we've got one of the best keepers in the division. It's a good job because otherwise we really would be in the bottom three yeah. or four. Uh, at, yeah. at Christmas, what do we need? We need a centre forward, a, a strong, tall, holding defensive midfield player. And if we can afford it, get a creative central midfield player who's preferably yeah. left-footed. So, a, a, if you will, a Barry Bannon type. But um, not him. Because he's another one whose better days are past him. Well, possibly, but and he's also under contract, so he'd cost money now. But mm. uh, you know, we've said about Smith, he's out of contract. Matt's at Forest Green; they couldn't turn down a sensible bid. Um, creative central midfielder. I'm open to suggestions, but if, if we did that, and I don't think Pearson will, because a, f- a friend of ours uh, won uh, an opportunity in the Robins Lotto to go up to the training ground and wander around. Uh, well, have a guided tour, and then Nigel Pearson did a Q&A, and he was asked about um, what the problem was, players, team, things like that, and he said, the players are plenty good enough, uh, there's enough in this bunch of players for us to do well in this division, and so it's not about bringing more players in. Now, that frightens me to an extent, um, because he was very honest in his appraisal after the game, which didn't differ much from mine. Um, We said. I would agree with it, wouldn't I? But... um, no, that's that's what we need. That's what we haven't got. We haven't got a big centre forward who can hold the ball up, and we haven't yeah. really got anybody with terrific pace either. Uh, Voiman and Wells both know where the net is if we can give them the opportunities. Um, no, that's uh, true. We, we need a lot, a lot more creativity because, as I say, Barnsley outplayed us yesterday and should have won the game, in my humble opinion. So, so what you're saying that you almost, you almost, you, if if Joe Williams is fit. You know, even Matty James, the stage of his career, he should be the player that is the one to call upon. Because, say, Andy King is injured for an unspecified time at the moment, or maybe it's into the new year. But do you think well, we December. need? Are you assume? Are you assume when you made that um, a defensive midfielder and something more creative? Were you saying two in that part of the field with Joe Williams fit, or if he's not fit? Yeah, you know, let's say he breaks down a game before Christmas. Do, do we need a, a, a whole new midfield? And where does that leave Hanoa Masengo? You know, because if you, well, I'd have, if Mas- you- I'd have oh, hang on, I'd have, I'd have Masengo in there uh, yeah. with the holding midfield player, 
and which we haven't got at the moment. And uh, the creative guy as as a three, a three narrow, yeah. if you will, and then either wingers if we want to be very attacking, so you can stick a Dowd and Semenyo wide. Yeah. Um, and that's your five, and then you can play your big centre forward and Naki Wells and Andy Vyman, uh, and you've got your three at the back already. So yeah. we something I noticed yesterday, every time we line up, and and uh, the EFL need criticising for letting these green kits go ahead because it's terrible for people that are colour blind. I'm, yeah. I'm lucky. They're banning them in Italy, but, aren't they? Yeah, so you cannot... You know that's that's bad, and it needs to stop. And the TV companies could do a lot to put pressure on to stop these because we've all got third kits or whatever. Um, so, yeah, that, that's what we need if we're serious about having a go this year. And I don't think we are. I think all the club want to do uh, is is stay in this division for for the next two seasons, and then possibly have a go. And the only problem with that is it all falls apart if you have a bad run with injuries or whatever and you go down. I think what will keep us up will be the fact that there are worse teams in the division, probably five or six worse teams in the division than us. Um, And hopefully we'll be able to, if if we don't strengthen much in at Christmas, uh, we will strengthen in the summer. And I'm talking about another five or six out and another five or six in. That's what I think we're headed. But I, I think I'd be very worried going on long-term with this team. Because, I mean, for example, I think King and Simpson will be gone in the summer. And I think we need to look at, uh, have a look at Joe Williams. Because if, if I'm picking a side and I've got Joe Williams and Nathan Baker, I'm thinking, hang on a minute. You want to see, before you're convinced, or any of us convinced on Joe Williams, Yeah, we need to have a run of 20 games of him being in the team, and that includes not being sent off because he had a bit of a red card uh, reputation. Mark, uh, um, should we be looking down or up? And what is it about these unfashionable sides that have less resources than we are, but you know the table doesn't lie, third of the season there, they're making up, you know, it's a top three of relegated clubs, and then it's which are the next three from a pool of a dozen, which we would be in that, that are competing for three slots in the playoffs. So what do we need, and what have they got that puts them above us at the moment? You know, a a system that works, mentality, physicality when it matters, the ability to pass the ball. I mean, you can't say we're competing with Blackpool, can't compete with us financially. They shouldn't be able to compete with us on in, in recruitment, but because they, you know, they, they 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 are playing diligently and they're working hard, they're able to grind out results. I mean, as well as beating Sheffield, the Sheffield United away, they've also beaten Fulham at home and they got a one one all draw at, at Bournemouth. I mean, yeah. that's absolutely miraculous. And we thought that they were relegation favourites when we played them. Yes, we did. But yes, we did. At the moment, I look at that side and say the only way we're going to get near the playoffs is with a magic lamp, a genie, and free wishes because there's <laughs> no, there is no chance whatsoever. <coughs> and I'm more worried about us looking down than looking up. Yeah. So we need to find a system. I, I try and play Alex Scott more often if we can yeah. because I think he's great at holding on to possession if you've got players that can play off him. If you can play Joe Williams fit, that's the big if. He could protect him and, and Masengo can certainly protect the likes of Matty James who can make those passes, create the space because against Bournemouth, against West Brom and even against Barnsley in the second half yesterday, it's so easy to pick off yeah. players like Masengo. They just, you know, we're 
were just the midfield are just getting picked off because they've got no, they've got Absolutely no option. Right. It's just far too easy. So if the other worry is Pearson's casual approach to rec- you know those those questions when he said our, our friend went up to the HPC and I, God. Why the hell do we keep saying this HPC thing? Nobody training else refers to home. Let's call that a training ground for training centre. Let's call it the training centre. Yeah, training centre. I call it a training ground, and the strange thing is that Nigel Pearson calls it that as well, and he said he's not going to call it a high performance centre. Yeah, exactly. Make a rod for your own back. So, but the, the, yeah. what the big problem at the moment is his uh, him him making that that comment about transfers saying the players are good enough they're not and the fact that Viner is out of the squad because yeah. he's the only he's he's the utility player we need right now and if if Atkinson's not fit and Baker's not fit for Tuesday who are you going to play in central defence then who who's going to who's going to play there Robbie Cundy's not not fit yet but if with him, well, he's not only back, game time. He's allegedly back on grass. I think. Yeah. Well, with him, yeah. perhaps after the after the um, the international break, we'll have the option of using Kundi. We'll have the option of using Semenyo, who's a direct player. We need somebody yeah. with directness and who can who can who, who can who can who can press a goalkeeper. Yeah. And, and we've got Psycho Janner as well as a winger that offers an alternative to. Is it Seiko? Because um, we're calling him Psycho, aren't we? It's a a little bit. (laughs) Every time you say Psycho, I keep thinking about Anthony Hopkins for some reason. Yeah, but he's another one that's disappeared off the face of the earth. Yeah, he played for the under twenty threes. Doesn't he? Side we played midweek was more like was more like an under eighteen team. So I I just sorry. Where where is he? What's he done? Um, And and you know we we just. I'd like to. I'd love to see us have a have a team where we we played a method, we played a system. Um, because if you look at uh, at, at Blackpool uh, yesterday, uh, as as we were talking about them as a side, this punching above their weight, they play four four two. They got Richard Keogh playing for them. Yeah. Uh, they haven't. You look at their side, and you're not going blimey. He's, you know, they've got uh, Gary Medin up front, who's a bruiser, and they, they put him next to Yates, who, who knows where the back of the net is. They only had two shots on target uh, in the game yesterday. When they beat Fulham 1-0, Fulham had something like 15 shots on target, yeah. 28 shots in total. Black Blad won. <laughs> so, you know, fair play. They're clinical. I'll give them that. Um, and they kept a clean sheet, and they, and they kept a clean sheet against Fulham. So they're defending well. Uh, they yeah. haven't got the big names there, but hey, th- that might be... That might be a, a, a route to I go. I think it's down to Critch. I think it's down to Critchley. I think he worked in, in for an academy. I don't know if it was Liverpool. And I think his connections, yeah. he's been able to, to to recruit likes. I think Keishi Anderson scored the goal. And what they did was Sheffield United played a high line. They knew at one time they get the ball, they get the, a, a ball on a diagonal. They got behind the defence. Anderson. I mean, he, what he did is he, he ran through, then steadied himself, and the finish was 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 sublime. Absolutely yeah, I'm seeing goals. But like you said, they only had two shots on target, so they had to bide, bide their time. But they, you know, teams like that work their socks off, and they take they take their chance. We did that a little bit when we got, when we got on the playoffs, and it's sometimes it's it's the momentum you get from com- from coming up that that really helps. And you know, if you've got if you can if you if you don't show any fear in the championship. And you they're not at the moment. Then yeah. you can that you can go a long way, and I think they're doing brilliantly. But the other problem with with teams like that is, and Barnsley have found that, is when you start 
punching above your weight. And of course, you just cannot compete with sides. You know, come the January transfer window, some you know somebody might come in for some of their players. You just can't. Well, it could no be us, and somebody yeah. could come in for a couple of hours. Exactly. So we don't want to do yeah. that now, guys. We're just uh, coming up to our. Uh, in fact, Brody just slipped over our normal uh, hour or so. Just taking it away from our division uh, a bit, looking at the Premier League. Some interesting results there. Man United players showing that they they still believe in their manager or with Tottenham that bad. And then Man City uh, failing uh, to capitalise against Brighton. Uh, no, that was, sorry, that was Liverpool failing to capitalise against Brighton. Man City losing to Palace. Um, Ian, you first, just very briefly. Um, Solskjaer still manager of Man United by the end of uh, November and Chelsea's title, because as somebody said on TalkSport this morning, they've got the strongest squad, they're better organised and they've got the strikers. They scored three yesterday at Newcastle, very easy, but that was with £200 million worth of striker out injured. So Solskjaer still at United by the end of November and Chelsea's title. Ian? Uh, Solskjaer definitely I, t- I think he'll be there unless things go horribly wrong and I mean horribly wrong uh, I think his target this season will be to win the Europa League and qualify the Champions League that way if, he, if they can't go top four and I think they can go top four with the players they got he yeah. changed the system yesterday and it, it worked extremely well uh, No, no, I don't think Pogba played again did he? Um, uh, no, but if you look at the it, you know when, when I, I, I must smile when I look at these teams and they talk about um uh, there was a bit of a debate on Twitter with Man City fans complaining about, I think it was 58 quid for the price of a ticket uh, for them to see the Palace game. And, and somebody, uh, a City fan said, well, hang on, we're the, the pay on the day price at Bristol City is 38 quid for Barnsley. So, you know, you think you've got problems. Uh, yeah. yeah, they might have. Well, my friend Alan was video. talking about that. He's, yeah. he's the SLO at Barnsley, uh, a safety officer at Barnsley on the, their supporters club and trust. And he, they, they have tried reciprocal deals with, uh, you know, with and only got, uh, only got uh, uh, the okay from four teams, four clubs. And yeah, he, he said he had to pay, pay uh, five yeah. price yesterday. And that's the only way forward. You know, these reciprocal deals to yeah. keep the prices down. It's so, very expensive. Yeah, um, Ian. So you say uh, Solskjaer still there at the end of the month, and Chelsea's title just they look a unit. I think at the they're moment, at the they? moment. They're, well, at the moment they're the most. It's already saying they got hundred million pounds striker out, but they got another billion pounds worth of talent to put in. So yeah, um, they're the most consistent at the moment. I think Tuchel seems to really know what he wants and really be able to get a tune out of players. Uh, I mean, they won seven nil the other week, and uh, Werner was out, and Lukaku was out. Yeah, but then yeah. they still got Kai Havertz, who cost them seventy odd million, and they've got a fullback who uh, who scores goals for fun, or a wingback, I should say. So, yeah, I, I like their shape. I like the way that they play. They're on the front foot. They pass the ball on the ground mainly. They get it forward, and they've got uh, players for all seasons. I think it'll probably be it'll be one of the three, won't it? Uh, because don't yeah. forget, Man City are one of these clubs that all that can go on a run and just win twelve on the trot. Yeah. Um, or 15 on the trot, anything like that. So it's, it's too early to call that. Uh, I think they like Solskjaer at Man United. They've tried the big name option um, and it hasn't worked. They gave them the right answer yeah. yesterday, didn't they? Well, they played way. against a very, a very poor Tottenham team who created hardly anything. But if you look at them against Atalanta, I mean, they played McTominay and Fred in midfield because they couldn't trust Pogba. Atlanta had, Atlanta had five players out and they went 2-0 up. 
then the defender who scored the first or second goal had to go off injured, and then they they, they fell apart. And Scholes was on BT Sports saying, that's fine, we won 3-2, but if we play like that against Liverpool, we're going to get hammered. And what happens? They're just, yeah, I don't think they're, they they're, they're, they're good enough. They, they haven't, they, they, the players just don't put it in week in, week out. Chelsea, by comparison, he's taken Frank Lampard's side, and it's like you could say jokingly, you know, it's just made it better with German engineering. But as a unit, <laughs> they're absolutely fantastic. And... Uh, and Ian was alluding to Reese James and his two goals. I remember seeing him when he was on loan at Wigan, about three seasons ago yeah. down Ashton Gate. He scored from about 35 yards. He's got an absolute yeah, rocket of a shot. Was that him, him and Tilwell on the flanks? Those that could be England's pairing for future years. Both of them that excellent going forward, and they can defend as well. I got a shot and got a shot on them, guys and listeners. Thanks to everybody who's uh, tuned in today. That supported the numbers have supported our view that. Um, uh, doing it this time doesn't detract from uh, people listening. Obviously, we'll be doing post-match on uh, both the upcoming games in uh, in the week. But uh, first of all, thanks to everybody for listening. And uh, Ian and Mark, as always, thanks for uh, your comments and input. It's a good lively debate today. I think we'd had a chance to reflect on things. So, uh, yeah, good good session, everybody, and hope those that listen well, Dave, uh, just enjoyed a- it. Just a just a quick one. We've done a lot on parachute payments and how unfair they are and all the rest of it. Not now, but in, perhaps in the next podcast. And as it's in our division, um, Sheffield United discuss. Yep, sounds good to me. Because they've got the same parachute payments as Fulham, West Brom. They've got more than Bournemouth. Uh, and, and it's just not, it's not going well. for them. Not going very no. well at all. So so let's just uh, we'll, we'll discuss have to look that. At that. And we'll have uh, also uh, probably in November the annual report and accounts will reveal themselves for the COVID year. So that'll be an interesting topic in its own right. So looking have a good forward day, to everybody. that like an episode of Only Fools and Horses. Yeah. Enjoy <laughs> enjoy the rest of your day, everybody, whenever you're listening. All right. All Thanks. the best. Yeah. Cheers. God bye. bless. Bye, guys. All the bye. best. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.